idea of us walking through the book of Romans was to show us and teach us what it looks like to be a Christian, right? Like uh, some of us, we understand the concept of cultural Christianity. My mama and them was a Christian. My grandmama and them were Christians. And so uh, whatever grandmama and them and, 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 and granddaddy and them, and then my mama and them did, y'all from around here, them means and them. It's just a Texas thing. And, and so they were Christians, and whatever they did, we kind of adopt sometimes. They went to church, so I go to church, you know. They prayed sometimes, so I pray sometimes. You know, Grandma had a dusty Bible on the shelf, and so sometimes I pick up my Bible, which has the same amount of dust on it, and I read it every once in a while. But when we walk through the book of Romans, we saw that the cultural Christianity isn't enough for God. It just simply isn't enough for God. Uh, that God really wants us to engage in relationship with him. God wants us to engage in relationship with him. And one of the primary methods for us engaging in a relationship with God is a bad word sometimes in the Christian church. That word is prayer. That word is prayer. Listen, prayer is this thing that is simply us communicating with God in order to have a relationship with God, but prayer leaves us vulnerable. Like prayer basically says to God, God, I'm vulnerable. In other words, it says, God, I'm helpless. If you're doing prayer right, you're going to God and you're saying, God, I'm helpless. Some of us, we go to prayer, and it's really not prayer. It's like this, 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 this diatribe towards God. We talk to God. We tell God what we want. We tell God what we need. We tell God uh, about that person that's on my last nerd. And God, I know you said you ain't going to smite nobody, but if you can make their life real uncomfortable right now, God, that would be okay. And that's what we equate prayer to. But prayer is not about just us talking to God. Prayer is about God also speaking to us. And if we're praying correctly, we are doing more hearing than we are doing this. I need to say that again. If we're praying correctly, we're doing more hearing about who we are, what we need to change, about our life, the things that God wants us to do, how much God loves us. We hear all of these things when we go to God and engage with him in proper prayer. And so we're going to be, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be really drilling home this whole notion of what prayer looks like. And so we're going to start this week with one of my favorite, favorite, favorite stories of the Bible. It's about this man. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Moses. Anybody ever heard of a man named Moses? Moses was this awesome, awesome, awesome man. He was a man nonetheless like the rest of us. And we see the challenges and the transitions in Moses' life. And if we look at Moses' life, we'll see, according to Acts chapter 7, we'll see that Moses had three distinct 40-year uh, periods of his life. He had these three distinct 40-year periods of his life. Now, you might be saying, wow, Moses was old. <laughs> Moses was decrepit before he finally got it. And what we can learn from the book of, uh, 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 the book of Genesis, as it tells us about Moses, we can learn... From him so that we don't have to be 120 before we get it. We can look at Moses' life and hopefully we can look at those before us and we can glean from them and learn from them. So what took Moses 40 years might take me 20 years. And prayerfully, it'll take my kids 10 years. And so we see these three distinct periods. The first period was Moses grew up and he was living in Pharaoh's court, even though he was a, 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 a Hebrew. Uh, he was living in Pharaoh's court, and, and, and so Moses grew up being a somebody. Moses grew up being a somebody. 
But then Moses got out of place. Moses did something that he shouldn't have done in the way that he did it. He was called. He knew he had this call in his life. He knew that he was he was called of God. And so he did something, but he did it illegitimately. And he had to run for his life because he ended up killing a man. And so Moses knew that he was going to be a liberator of his people, but he just got the, 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 the message wrong. And so along the way, he did it wrongly. And so Moses had to run. And so the next 40 years of his life, Moses spent being a nobody. Some of you might be saying, well, how do you get that, Pastor? Why was Moses a nobody? Why, 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 why would you even say Moses was a nobody? Well, if you knew about Pharaoh's court and you knew about Egypt, they despised shepherds. They despised shepherds. And so Moses became the very thing that the culture he came from despised. And so for 40 years, he was in the wilderness being a nobody, being less than, being a second-class citizen, or so he might have thought. It's equivalent to those movies. Remember those movies from the 80s? They always had those movies from the 80s. A dude was like living in a penthouse and then all of a sudden he was like trading places. Anybody seen trading places? Like this is Moses' life. Like Moses is, is getting arrested for quaaludes. You know what I mean? And Eddie Murphy is now in the penthouse. No, it didn't happen like that. Y'all reach your Bible like that? That's not the Bible. I'm sorry. I was just joking. Because you know, you got to be careful sometimes. You'll say stuff and people say, you know, it say something in the scripture about Eddie Murphy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was joking. Go read your Bible for yourself. Not, that's not in there. And so Moses went from being uh, in the penthouse, in, in Pharaoh's court, in the know, uh, 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 a prince of Egypt, to now he's a lowly shepherd on the backside of the desert in Midian. And then the next 40 years of his life, Moses realized that God can still use a nobody. He spent the next 40 years of his life Trusting in God and allowing God to use him as a nobody to lead the children of Israel to the promised land. He didn't make it to himself, but he led them to the promised land. The Bible teaches us that Moses died the most humble man you'd ever meet. And it was because, it was solely because of his relationship with God. It wasn't always a bed of roses. God tried to kill him a couple of times. His wife had to intervene. Like, you know, like, 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 like this journey, this walk with God is not a bed of roses, but it's a relationship that God wants to cultivate. He wants to cultivate this relationship with us to let us know that no matter where you find yourself, God can still use you. We'll only know that if we're helpless before God in prayer. Can you imagine Moses being on the backside of the desert with them sheep? Hollering at them sheep, talking about he a prince of Egypt. Them sheep don't want to hear that. <laughs> and so Moses had to come to grips that he was a nobody. We have to come to grips that we are nobodies. That's the whole, that's the whole journey through Romans. He was like, you're wretched, but I still love you. You're jacked up, but I still love you. You ain't going to get right. I'm, I'm, I'm on movies today. The movie Life. Can't get right. See, my brother? You can't get right. But I still love you. I still want you. I still desire to use you. I still desire fellowship with you. I still want to talk to you at night when your head hits the fan. I know you jacked up your day. I know all day long people was on your nerves. And you might have even got sideways and said one of those filthy words or something. You might have cussed somebody out in traffic. But I still want to be with you. None of those things will separate you from my love. You have to realize that, and you have to come running boldly before his throne of grace. And we're going to tackle that this morning. We're going to talk about Moses's, the transition into Moses's second phase of life. So if you turn with me in the book of Genesis, 
And this is one of those things, like I don't have a whole lot of notes up here, and y'all know what that means. It can be 15 minutes or it can be seven hours. And if it is, I have somebody bring us pizza. We'll be all right. <laughs> I tell y'all what, some of y'all make fun of me going long sometimes, but I know a story in the Bible where Paul preached so long that a man fell out the window and broke his neck. <laughs> Paul didn't call the ambulance. Paul went downstairs. Paul laid hands on him, raised him back up, and sent him right back in the window and said, I got three more closings before I go home. <laughs> Amen. And so I feel like, and I really feel like this, I've been talking to a lot of people lately, and I've been trying to put together cute sermons. I have, brother. I've been, I've been researching. I've been studying. I'm like, man, we need to talk about and topical sermons and stuff like that. But God won't let me move away from this space until all of us understand what God wants of us. And so I've been talking to people. I've been talking to people. I've been talking to people. And actually, I was talking to somebody on Wednesday, and we were talking about something else. And they brought up this story, and I remembered, like, like, like this story from Genesis was one of the first sermons I ever preached. And so I had to preach Thursday night, and so I went Thursday night, and Dean was there. Dean is my witness. I showed up, and a dude, I was on the way to the church. I said, what are your scriptures? I said, I don't know yet. I'm trying to process all this stuff that God is speaking, like all this stuff that I'm hearing. And listen, God speaks. And I'm not talking about God. Like I'm not driving down 35 and this James Earl Jones voice comes through the radio and says, my son, I want you to speak from Genesis this morning. That's never happened to me. But God does speak through his word as I'm reading his word. And like it's not I'm picking up books and I'm picking up his word and I'm doing and it's this theme just keeps popping up. And I know sometimes you see what you want to see, but this has been eerie. Like it's just been these themes have been popping up. Like, I got on YouTube, and I was watching Fortnite videos. Don't ask me why. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. But I got some teenage boys that kill me every time you get in playground mode, and I got to learn how to get one win. I got to get one win. It is what it is. So you don't judge me. But in my to watch list, all this other stuff, and I click on one that's talking about the same thing. I'm like, okay, God. I'm like, sure, gave you some color purple. I told you I'm on my movies today. Maybe God's trying to tell you something. And God is speaking to us because I'm talking to people and people are more and more disillusioned with their life and disillusioned with their walk. And I understand that when God does that, watch this, when God does that, he's trying to draw us nearer to him. When he allows the situations to come into our life and it's not like walking through a bed of roses with God anymore. He's trying to speak to us. He's trying to bring us back to clarity. He's trying to bring us back to a place where we understand that our life is found in him. And so if you're saying, well, you've been preaching this for the last three weeks, guess what? I'm going to preach it for three more weeks until God gets off of my neck about it. And so Moses is now on the backside of the desert in Midian raising nasty sheep. Anybody ever lived on a farm? Animals are nasty. <laughs> they don't know how to go to the bathroom where they need to go to the bathroom. You walking around, you stepping in it. It don't smell good. They just, can you imagine being behind these nasty sheep? And Moses is faithful on the backside of the desert. Like he's looking at going, I need a manicure. Like I'm coming to America. I'm sorry, all these movies on it. And so he's, he's sitting there and he's thinking he's a prince of Egypt. Why is he here? How did my life end up here? I'm sitting here looking down the backside of sheep. And sheep ain't the smartest animals. They're not the smartest animals. Like, literally, shepherds have said that sheep will put their head in the water and they'll forget to breathe. A sheep will sit there and drown drinking. Like, this is my life. Am I 
speaking to anybody this morning, have you just looked up one time and said, I graduated, I got a bachelor's degree, and I'm, this is my life. <laughs> when I was 18 years old, man, I, I was a man on the basketball court. I can't even get out of bed with that hurt myself now. I used to have a six-pack, now I got a keg. My spouse ain't acting right. I don't have the stuff I need or the stuff I want. I'm living in this house. Like, like Lord, when I, when, I, when I dreamt about you calling me and now I'm here, like, how did I land here, God? I should be further along than this. Surely I'm a somebody, God. And God says, you know what? I draw near to the nobody. I'd rather be in a shack in the will of God than in a mansion outside of his will. So I draw near to nobody. And if you're looking for something in this life to make you a somebody, you will never find it. But if you find me, you will become a somebody in me. And so you got to shift your paradigm. And so Moses, behind these sheep. Let's start reading. I'm, I'm telling the story without reading. Y'all like, what, what's happening, Pastor? I'm sorry, I'm excited this morning. I said Genesis. I'm a dummy. I'm in Exodus. Did I, put, did I tell y'all Genesis back there? It bees that way sometimes. Y'all should know y'all Bible. That, that, was a, that was a test and y'all failed. That's what that was. Exodus chapter 3. Somebody's like, okay, that sounds more like it. Genesis 3, like God is still doing some stuff. Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. He didn't have his own sheep. Anybody ever lived at their father-in-law house? I ain't never did, but I tell you, I, I probably wouldn't have made it. <laughs> the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Listen, God was there. Moses did not approach there on accident. Some of you thinking that some of the situations you're in in your life, some of the things that you're facing in your life came by accident. Like God does not have accidental, you don't have an accidental encounter with God. When you show up in that moment, guess what? God was sitting there from the beginning of time waiting on you to arrive there. God has the best navigation, GPS, uh, 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 go-go, whatever those things are. He has the best system of getting you where you need to be. And you show up there, you're like, I'm, on, I'm in the wilderness. And God, you're here? Never knows why God was in the wilderness? Like, why wasn't God in the wonderful, why wasn't God in Egypt? Well, he wasn't, you know what I'm saying. Why was his presence manifested in the beautiful places? It, it, it never says in the Bible, well, Jesus had to be alone with God, so he went to the paradise. He went to the Hilton. He's always in the wilderness when these encounters happen. And so Mo Moses is in this dry and arid place. The old folks back in that day, they didn't even like going into the, the, the wilderness because it, it, it was dangerous in the wilderness. But that was a place where God could get them alone with him. Y'all might be saying I'm rabbit trailing, but I'm rabbit trailing. Listen, listen like I, I, I've not had uh, encounters with God. Aaron, you can probably attest to this. Courtney and Ryan, you probably attest to this. Uh, 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 I have not had times with God like I've had when I was in dangerous places. When I was in Togo, West Africa, and I had like, you know, like you, like you get in trouble, you just can't call 911 somebody come get you. 
When we just came back on this mission trip, you know, we, we were in places and, and you know, you can, you can be safe, but at the same time, you just never know. Like in the back of the mind, you never know. When I was in Nicaragua, like you never know. But I had some of the greatest times with God in those places because I had to depend on him. I was in a place that I couldn't, I couldn't, I, 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 cell phone coverage ain't too good there anyway. At, see what I'm saying? You know, you can't be Instagramming the whole time. So you ain't got nothing to do. Like, like the days are long because you ain't got all these distractions. And so Moses is at that, just behind the sheet. Just fun. You'd rather be watching Fortnite videos. God was trying to get you alone in those places. He's trying to get you alone in those dry and arid places so he can speak to you. Watch this. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, watch this. I will turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burned. Now, if we're casually reading, we'll read right over that. But if we read more in depth and we read with more intentionality, we'll see that God, God appeared to Moses in this bush. And then Moses still had to make a choice to turn aside and see what God was speaking about. Dare I say there are burning bushes in many of our lives right now. But it's not consumed. You say, I'm putting out, we say that at work, I'm putting out fires all day long. How many of those fires burned up the, burned up the job? You still got to check. All these things are happening in my life, and I'm just putting out fires, and all this stuff is happening. It's cropping up, but it's not there to consume you. It's there to get your attention. It's there to get you to this place. I talked about prayer earlier. It's there to get you to this place of helplessness. <laughs> Boom, fire erupts. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 I know what to do. I'll just call AAA. And I'm not saying don't call AAA, but have you prayed sometime before you call AAA? I kid you not. I kid you not. I kid you not. You can't make up these illustrations. Yesterday, I went to go run an errand because I had to get some stuff for children's church. And so I was going to run an errand and I got my car. My car wouldn't crank. And I was like, dang, one more thing I got to do. One more thing. So I grabbed my, 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 my son's car keys. Uh, my car. He drives it more. And I grabbed the car keys. And so I went to, and on the way back, I, I, like, 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 like I sensed, just go home and pray. And I got home. I got back to the parking lot and I prayed. And some just go check the battery cable. Go check the battery cable. The car ain't moved, and so the battery cable shouldn't have you shook and loose, but the battery cable, maybe somebody ran by and bumped the car. I don't, I don't know. But check the battery cable. Open the trunk, tap the battery cable, car came right on. Now, what could have been a fire became an opportunity for me to spend time with God. And then if the battery cable didn't work, I still told God I was vulnerable. Like, God, I need your help. Listen, God wants to do something in some of our lives, but we're scared to ask because we have the resources to do it in our own strength or do it halfway in our own strength. The doctor says that, 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 that you need to change your diet. You're going to change your diet, right? Your boss says you need to do this in order to stay employed here. You're going to stay employed there. You do what you got to do to stay employed there. God says we need to pray, and we do God like this. I love it, and he allows me to do this. Talk to the hand, God. I got this. I don't need that. And so Moses is this somebody 
who's now faced with, let me turn aside and see God. Let me make this conscious decision to see God. And so God used the circumstance to challenge Moses' heart. And Moses answered by saying, let me turn aside and see this sight. Let me turn aside and see this sight. We miss so many opportunities because we, should, we, we just simply won't turn aside. Most of us, when we get busy in our life, what is the first reaction you have? Put your head down and plow through it. And you wonder why your head's hurting. And you wonder why your head's hurting. Let me turn aside and see this sight. Why the bush is not consumed. Why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. Remember what we've been talking about? The intentionality of going and seeing what the last thing God said to you and going. And so when we show God intentionality, God speaks. He does. But we ain't intentional enough to spend time with God, to cultivate relationship with God, because we don't want to hear what God says, to be perfectly honest. God, I just know you're going to tell me about my temper. Ain't nobody going to, I ain't got time to talk to you. you all you have to talk about is stuff that, that, I'm not talking to you, God. And we say we love him. And he's only telling us about our temper. He's not telling us about our temper so that he can throw stones at us and go, listen, I got this big stick. I'm going to hit you in the head with this stick because you just ain't getting right. He tells us about our temper because he knows his, our temper hinders our relationship with him. And so he's trying, he's trying to teach us how to have a better relationship with me. You know what, younger, and it still bothers me a little bit today. Uh, 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 I, I, I'm just, I'm just stubborn. I'm a stubborn person. Mark, I'm really stubborn. My wife said, "Amen." She's right. <laughs> She's right. And my wife would tell me exactly what she wants, but I would get angry because I'm like, I, I would have did it, but the fact that you told me to do it, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and she said, "This is how you love me." Well, you have to be loved differently right now. Because I ain't doing all that. Why? Because you told me to. I want to come up on it on my own. It ain't working out for me, brother. I'm not silly. It's what happens. And that's exactly what we do with God. Like, God, I want to meet with you on my terms. You said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'm like, I'm going to love you, but I'm not going to keep your commandments. And you just going to have to deal with it, Jesus, because of grace. What a patient God we serve. And he'll just, look, I'm going to zap you right now. because Listen. He's long-suffering with us. And he wants to use us so much. Watch this. Watch this. It gets gooder, y'all. That's a word. Mm-hmm. It's a word. It's a word. He said, Moses, Moses. Very personal. Called him by name. Which at first, I know you. Some of y'all are running here like God don't know you. Like God don't know I'm selfish. Like God don't know I'm petty. And if I hide from God long enough, he'll never discover it. Adam tried that same thing, hiding behind a rock. Adam, where are you hiding? I created the rock. I see you between the rock. I got x-ray vision. Adam, we can do this all day. 
We can do this all day long. And so he said, Moses, Moses, personal, intentional. Rosie, Rosie, Dean, Dean. Ashley, Ashley. I'm calling you. Look at Moses' response. Here I am, Lord. We used to do that in school when they used to take a, 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 a attendance. You say, present. Present infers that you're present, that I'm here. Right here, God. God is calling so many of our names right now because he wants relationship with us, and we are... Tell them I'm out here. Like y'all do those Jehovah's Witnesses when they ring the doorbell. Saturday morning. Mm-mm, ain't nobody here. Ain't nobody got time for that this morning. I know the Lord. Don't go, go, go talk to somebody who don't know the Lord. Don't bother me. Tell them I ain't here. Or the bill collector for some of y'all. Sorry. He says, do not come near. Take your sandals off for the place which you stand is holy ground. And so God establishes this kind of, this is the, this, these are the terms of the relationship. Listen, I'm holy. I'm not your homeboy. Jesus is my BFF. Well, he can be your BFF if you don't treat him like you treat your real BFF. This is holy ground. Take your shoes off. Understand who you're dealing with. Now, I know grace is there. We're going to talk about grace. I get the emails when I don't talk about grace. Grace is there. But you need to understand that who you're approaching is the creator of the universe. This is the one who are calling you, calling, calling you into your presence. Now, I know we're a casual church, and that's cool and everything. But if we were going, well, some of y'all, this presidency is different. But so if you were going to the White House, because, you know, some people now, we don't even go to, we get a, no, I'm not going. I tell you what, if I get invited to the White House, I'm going. I'm going to talk to Mr. Trump. We're going to talk about some stuff. But some of us will say, oh, I got to go. I got to get a new outfit. I got I to gotta, I gotta be presentable. I just don't show up any old kind of way to meet with a dignitary. But we show up any old kind of way with God. We just, it's just casual. And God is personal. He is relational. But at the same time, we got to have a certain reverence for him. The Bible says that when people would encounter God, they would fall on their face as dead. And the angel of the Lord would have to say, Fear not. The presence of God is a fearful thing. Why? Because I realize that at any given moment, if God changed his mind, I could be galaxy dust. He's an awesome, powerful, and awe-inspiring God. And here's the thing. Having that level of reverence for him and then understanding he still wants me. Think about that, 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 that paradoxical thing in your mind. Like, I'm a worm. I'm a nobody. God can zap at me anytime he wants to, and he still wants me. Because his love constrains him from not destroying me. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, I'm not utterly cast out, and I have a way to have a relationship with this holy and powerful God. And Moses is face-to-face with this on this day. Face to face. One more point, then we're going to have communion. And so Moses did what anybody else would do. In verse 6, he hid his face. 
And God spoke. He said, listen, I'm a God who hears. I've heard the afflictions of your people. This is the purpose of God calling Moses. I've heard the affliction of those people on your jobs. I've heard the affliction of the people in your school and in your classroom and the kids that sent to the lunchroom all by himself. I've heard the affliction. I've heard their challenges of Big Mama and Nana and them, and I know it's hard to be, be around family, but I've heard their affliction. And I've answered all of that. I'm coming. And so I want you to go and be an ambassador for me. To let them know that I live, that I'm real, and that I hear their cause. But we don't want to open our mouths to speak. And so Moses we won't go back to the scripture. Y'all can read the story later because they, 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 they're flagging me for time now. And so, you are beloved and loved by God, but he still has a work for you. You can't shut down on God. You can't give up on God. He's called you by name. He's let you know he's holy. And he said, I have purpose because I'm coming down for a specific purpose. And you're a part of that purpose. And of course, Moses did what we would do. Uh, 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 I stutter. Surely no one wants to hear from me. Surely I haven't been in that crowd for 40 years. Surely I can't. Surely I won't. Like God, like, 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 like send somebody else is basically what he said. You have other called people. And then God said, Moses, what's that you have in your hand? This is going to be the most impactful and, 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 and meaningful question that you can ask yourself. God, what do I have in my hand? Because God says, what you have in your hand, I can use that. Moses had a shepherd's staff, which was symbolic of his vocation, was symbolic of his station in life, was symbolic about, uh, 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 about what he'd been doing for the last 40 years. And God, listen, God doesn't waste experiences. God doesn't waste experiences, nor does he waste tears. So those things that you've been striving through and you've been struggling through and hopefully going through, God says, you know what, I'm going to use that. What do you have in your hand? Maybe you're in a room today and God asks you, what do you have in your hand? You're like, all I have is a keyboard. All I have is, in Ryan's case, in Chris's case, a keyboard. All I have is phone skills. All I have is the ability to be compassionate. I'm a nurse. All I have is my love and desire to work with kids. All I have is my ability to be creative. And God says, you know what? I'm going to take that. I'm going to gift you, and I'm going to add my stuff to it, and I'm going to make it great. And so he shows this by saying, what's that you have in your hand, Moses? The staff. The cast it down. Like, throw it down. When you cast something down, you're saying, it's yours. And God turned his staff into a snake, a miracle right there. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm like, God, you can turn to a puppy or something. <laughs> I don't do snakes. 
And then God tells him to reach down and pick it back up again. And it was whole again. It was a staff again. Now, I wanted you to see this. And, 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 and for the sake of time, I won't go there. But in, in Exodus chapter 4, God begins to refer to that staff as God's staff. Many of us in this room today, God has us in this season. He's just waiting for us to give us what we have in our hands so that it can become God's. And I tell you what, you start treating a shepherd's staff a little different when you understand it's God's staff. You start treating your vocation a little different when you realize it's God's vocation. And now I'm going to use it for his glory. I'm not going to use it for my own selfish gain. I'm not going to use it for my stuff because it's not mine anymore. It's God's. And when we give it to God, we have the ability to see miracles work in that thing. And some of you guys saying, well, yeah, but you know, I'm not talking about cancer spots shrinking up. And I believe those, those miracles still happen. Listen, the greatest miracle you'll ever see is someone give their life to the Lord. A sinner become a saint. That's the greatest miracle you ever see. And so God wants to use what you're doing. Your work at victim services, God wants to use that. And I know you understand that. Irene understands that better than anybody. When you're on that track with those kids, God wants to use that. What's that you have in your hand, Courtney? Is that a pen? Oh, man, I can do some awesome stuff with that. And so God has many of us at the crux of the second season in our lives. He wants to encounter us. He wants to speak to us. And this whole thing that has been going on between God and Moses has just been a prayer. God, I'm not worthy. Yes, you are. No, I'm not, God. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm still going to use you. Oh, God, come on, come on, come on. Like, 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 God, like, I don't want. Anybody ever wrestle with God in prayer? I don't know, we got all the spiritual folk in there. I just, I just speak to God. He tells me what to do, and I run and do it. I run and do it. You run in line. <laughs> You lying. Stop all that up in church. God, are you sure? Stop, like, you understand not that, that I'm flawed, right, God? You understand I'm jacked up, right, God? God's like, I'm, I'm God. It's almost, who made your mouth? I'm like, you can't use it. Who made it? Who made a way for you to be on that job? Who gave you a heart and a desire to do those things? Listen, I'm God. And if you haven't noticed, there's nothing higher than me. And so God wants us. As a church, I'm persuaded. I've been so blessed and encouraged by some of the emails that we've been getting. Listen, I'm so encouraged by them. Listen, God wants you to work for his glory. He wants you to take what you have in your hand, whether, whatever that may be. Maybe you're having a hard time identifying what that may be. God says, I want to take those things and I, wanna, I want you to cast them down. I want you to give them to me. When you give them to me, I'll make them great. The reason that you're so frustrated with the thing that's in your hand right now, Moses, your shepherd's staff, by reason you behind those sheep, because you don't understand the, the, the parallels. Like, like Moses had no idea that he was shepherding sheep because he was going to have to start shepherding people in the same environment. He went from sheep in the wilderness to people in the wilderness who sometimes act like sheep. Did y'all have y'all read the ex like those people, they were. They made us what y'all doing? Y'all want to go back to Egypt? Yeah. Y'all, you remember when y'all complaining? 
bite were easier. Sheep don't talk. They bite, but they don't talk. And so that's what God wants you to do. Like, like, like we're going to take communion, but in our reflection time after communion, I really want you guys, I want you, I, I, I really, really want you guys to take hold of what I've been talking about for the last few weeks. What is it that you have in your hand? If you don't know what it is,